Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Latin Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Amstel Gold Race Ladies Edition, 155 kilometers. It's actually the old style finish, the like Phil Gill World Champs Cowberg finish. I quite like it, but we'll see whether it actually induced good racing. They do repetitions, uh, four laps or so, of a Kauberg, Hulhemmerberg, and Bemmelberg combination. These are short, well-paved climbs, unlike their Flandrian counterparts. <laughs> and, yeah, they are. I mean, they're proper roads. They're just like it's a hillier region in the south of the Netherlands near Maastricht, if my geography serves me correctly. We had an appetizer at Brabant's on Wednesday, Benji with Persico winning the sprint against Vollering. Did you think that would inform how SD Works would race today? I think it would firstly inform how UAE would race today. As we saw UAE having the better sprint in that group in Brabant Sapel in Silvia Persico beating Demi Vollering. So maybe they would try and keep it together today and just get Persico to the Kauberg, get her over the Kauberg and try and win from the group that forms after the Kauberg. That's how I saw UAE's plan going into this race. But when it comes to SD works, I don't know, because they've got multiple leaders that can get over the Kauberg. Eh? And if you have that situation, then you can benefit from that after. We saw it last year with Cavalli and Utrepludwig both being in the group after the Kauberg. Was it both of them after the Kauberg? They had two riders yes. after the Kauberg, right? And then Cavalli attacked. So yeah. they benefited from the numerical advantage they had in that, in that group. And then a rider like Persico without teammates can't really do much against that, huh? No, and I mean, UAE and Yumbo seem to have that same strategy of just hope it's a really negative race. It all comes back together and Voss can go for a sprint and uh, Persico can win the sprint. UAE don't really have many other options. I think it's a fine strategy if they can, yeah. you know, she's got to be good enough. If she's not, she's not. Anyway, other teams like Canyon Shram haven't won a big race, World Tour race, for a number of years, but this really suits their riders with Paladin, Nivea Doma, and uh, who else did Canyon Shram? They were really, really strong Shabby. today. Shabby. And their option is clearly not to be going to a group of five sprint with Nivea Doma. I mean, Lisa Longaborghini wouldn't go to a group of two sprint with her in 2021. And then there's Movistar, who are the curious one, because they're trying to make the Lippert-Van Vleuten combination work. Mackay as well is more a domestique. And, yeah, uh, Movistar is difficult to figure out, and there's no clear, okay, Lippert's the sprinter, Van Vleuten's the puncher. It's not as clear a hierarchy, whereas Volring's the attacker, Kopecky's the sprinter here for SD Works. Exactly. Now, when it comes to Movistar... You see that dynamic play out very early in the race because last year, I think on the Fromberg and so forth and the Kurtenberg, which lies with like 80k to go last year, Van Vleuten was already attacking. And we see that exact scenario this year where they're trying to force stuff with Van Vleuten so early because Van Vleuten knows that these climbs are a bit too short for her to be able to 
just fly off into the distance, Tourmalet style, perhaps at the Tour de France if her form gets to the top by then. But, but doing it at 80k to go, let me, let me pull this for you. It's way too early. It's crazy. Yeah, seven climbs of three of like one kilometer is not the same as a seven kilometer climb, right? Yes, that's correct. The <laughs> seven math. kilometer one is longer. <laughs> well, no, because there's rest periods. They'd, and all these climbs, they are, you know, a lot of them put back to back, but they're not directly back to back. It's not like some of the Italian circuits where they literally descend into the next one. There's three Ks, four Ks. They have five minutes seven minutes rest between climbs is a completely different uh, requirement, and Kopecky's just doing it easy all day. And so, yeah, the I would have liked to have seen... I mean, Movistar did get Erich in the breakaway, I think, the early break. Yep. That's fine. I think Paru Bay was a pretty pretty good showcase of how to beat SD Works slash the Netherlands women's team, as in the Olympics. And in other races, which is you, all teams should be trying to overload the brake, except UAE, UAE with Persica, really, even Movistar, even Jumbo Visma, everyone should be trying to overload the breakaway because there are not, like, they don't have teams of nine, like in, in the Team Sky, it's teams of six, and two of them are leaders. That's a long, that's a lot of work for four riders if you have big breakaways. And you're going to put them in a more of a difficult situation, but that didn't happen. And eventually, yeah, as a counter move by Trek with Brand and Stultins on Liv. And I thought, oh, Trek, again, Brand, big engine. She's not going to be able to follow on final Cowberg, which is 600 meters, 9%, the hard bit. So get her up the road and then Sprat and the other riders, uh, like Sharon Van Anroy, who's probably their leader based yeah. on current form, they can sit in. Totally fine. But they just weren't joined by enough riders. And also, they got two minutes. And I was. this is when coverage was starting about 1 o'clock this afternoon. SD Works never seemed to have to shoulder all the load, Benji. FDJ helping them. AG Insurance are pulling for a little bit with Wollaston. Like, all these other teams are giving them a little bit of help. It's not your problem. It's like if... Jonas is in yellow and a big break goes with, that's a problem, you know? Well, sometimes the men's teams also stuff it up. It's just, I would like to see the teams at least force SD Works to burn Bredevold. Burn her before the last two laps because she's got to bring a six-minute gap down to three minutes or two minutes. Exactly. And I feel like that Ali Wollaston example exemplifies that there's a lot of this thing going on where a lot of teams have riders that won't necessarily make the final, but they come back after dropping and they probably think to themselves, if I can help my team a tiny bit by pacing at the front of the peloton, then I'm helping my team. But maybe not helping is the best way to help the team because that might force SD Works into actually chasing and make the victory more possible than if you were helping and technically also helping SD Works. That's kind of the, uh, the example that you displayed there and we see that but also next to that there's also some weird things going on like the attack with Stultins and Brand up front that happened for a bit and we see that with like 37 kilometers to go around the Kalberg and Mavi Garcia's pacing on that climb and I'm like she's she's got a different shirt on but I'm pretty sure she's still at live and then we take a look at Stultins at the front and they're both like pacing like 
that's not ideal either, eh? Obviously, Mavi Garcia probably shouldn't be chasing her own teammate at the front, but next to that, there's also these attacks that happen where they attack at the top of climbs, where the climbs are never fully paced. Like, the cowbed with 37 kilometers to go is not fully paced. It's like no. a bit of a, a fake tempo. Some riders are trying something at the top, but not necessarily on the climb, because they don't expect to be able to make the, the gap on the climb itself. But if you do it after the climb, a climb that has been semi-neutralized, people still have the energy to respond. Then you brought it up to me. Why don't these people attack in between the climbs, right? Well, yeah, you've got Kalberg here, 37k to go. Great example. Brown tries to move, closed down by UAE. Everyone's in good position. All the favorites, they're not drinking. They're on high alert. Second or third last Kalberg, they're watching to see if serious moves are going to go. And they get over the top. The gap to the breakaway was like eight seconds to Brandon Stultons, who were not going anywhere fast. Yeah. And that gap then goes out to 35 seconds. What does that tell you? Nothing happened in this phase. After between, there was a flat section uh, before the, hell, I'm going to call it the Hammerberg, and then there's <laughs> the second last Cowberg. This phase, the race, nothing, pretty much. And... It's because, and I was like, this is where to anticipate if you're the other teams. This is where, and Faulkner did go later, but this is where Mackay should be moving. This is where, if Brown is going to move, she should be moving. Or Los Rabahes, who I think maybe did try something, but this is where, even a Mavi Garcia, frankly, because her teammates done up the road, I mean, maybe she can follow, but, and Marcus, again, she had a mechanical at this time, so who knows, but I don't think Yumbo's business plan was to move with a Henderson or someone. So this is where to, a place to put SD Works under pressure. See, Bebas was good, but see how much she can do or at least make her burn herself. Exactly, and we're getting to the second last cover that you're mentioning, and we've seen already that Wibbs has done quite a bit of work. She's like at the front, but not necessarily doing all the work because of the factors we just mentioned. But we get to that second last cover, and there we get like the... Uh, the ultimate 100 meter sprint by Lloyd and Abibis so into the Calberg <laughs> because Brown and Stoltins were caught. We're basically at the front of the race at this point, and Abibis just sprints the first 100 meters, everybody off the wheel, and then parks it. And Is then... there a Strava segment? There <laughs> must be for first 100 meters Calberg. And she <laughs> must have broken the QA QOM by so much. <laughs> Probably. But there's also the factor that after she does that, at the top of the Kalberg, she is still in second position. And yep. not only that, it's, all, get... it's 12 wide. Yeah, exactly. Faulkner attacks at the top of the Kalberg in the same way that we just spoke about Brown doing it at the previous Kalberg. And Wibbers and Amal Yusik, Amal Yusik for Persico once again. And Wibbers closes it down the last factor as well. So it's like, it's like she has unlimited energy until after this Kalberg because then she dropped. But in the chase behind, and again, Van Vleuten didn't look too crash hot throughout mm -hmm. this phase of the race. She wasn't looking that good, but like she's never going to ride for Lippert ever. That's just, you know that. And then Brown's moved and you think, shouldn't Ludwig try to move here? Like, is she really going to beat Kopecky in a sprint? Like, no, she's not. So shouldn't FDJ basically be doing what Kane Shran? Like, the anticipating strategy is really hard to do when only one rider on the team does it. Jayco, yep. Falcon is really strong, but it's just her. If Brown was still on Jayco, that would be really interesting. FDJ, it's mostly just Brown. Canyon, later in this race, when Vibas had brought them back, 
when you start to actually roll attacks, you will get proper separation, even when, like, and you saw, Kanishan rolled team attacks, Volering was active, closing them down, and then the third or fourth one, she's like, fuck it, I cannot, before last Cowberg, respond to all of these, Paladin goes. Exactly, and it's Paladin, Shabby, Nivyadoma, all three of them doing the attacks, and you'd say, Nivyadoma in the past was the, the rider waiting for the last climb, but it never worked for her either, so she realizes that in the same way that Utrecht Ludwig should probably realize that that scenario doesn't really get her anywhere. And these three riders do those rolling attacks, and I think it's also von Flöten that when the attack of Paladin then happens, I think it's on the Bemelerberg, that she can't close the last portion, and some people were saying she clipped out and so forth, you immediately went for the, her legs aren't what they are supposed to be. She which, has uh, no legs. That's, yeah, and I said she, she has got two legs. But no. They're gone. <laughs> They're gone. Okay. Brown them bridges, which is what you should do, because we're now in that phase between the Bemelerberg, 9 kilometers to go, and the Kauberg, 2.3 kilometers to go, the phase in between where it's kind of not climbing and so forth. So what you said, Brown should attack, should roll attacks and so forth, but She's only getting away here because people are looking at each other to try and close down Paladin, which it's a, it's a solid strategy for Brown. She bridges to Soraya Paladin, and that's where something curious happens. And this is the kind of stuff where, where I'm like, ooh, can people use this? Bredewald attacks to those two and seems to fail to close it immediately and then drops back and then starts pacing the group. And we saw this earlier in this race, I think somewhere with 14 kilometers to go when Nivia Doma attacked. Bredewald. Bredewald fully countered. Yeah, countered, and there was a group of four for a second there. Yeah. And if Yadoma sees Bredewald in his D-Works rider and stops pacing, is that because they didn't necessarily instantly realize, oh, it's Bredewald? She because... sometimes looks, she's like tall and skinny like Volering, so sometimes I have to double check. But no, I don't know. They just, I think, oh, I can't work with SD-Works, but Bredewald's good, but pick your poison. Yeah. I'll go work with Bredewald. Now, eventually she'll sit on. And one rider who I think was really strong in this phase, and I would really love to know this, the strategy, was Marcus on Yumbo. Because I think she would have been strong enough to go with the brown counter or the paladin move. But I feel like they were going for the Voss sprint, which, fair enough, didn't she? she win this race in 21? Because yep. it came back because of Longaborghini. So, but Voss doesn't look as good at the moment either. And so. Paladin doesn't work with Brown. They get an 11-second gap into the Cowberg. SD Works, I wouldn't say, are fully lining it out and panicking. Other teams might be pacing a little bit as well. Get to the base of the Cowberg. Brown, Paladin refused to relay. She immediately attacks Brown on the steep part of the Cowberg, as predicted. But I guess Brown didn't really have another choice. And <laughs> Although it's crazy where you see where she finishes. And then Paladin's looking good. Until you see behind, Marcus is moving hard at the bottom. And then the inevitable Leanna Lippert attack comes from the, like, I swear, Lacourse, Benji, when that used to exist, she did yep. it when there was the steep base of a climb, yep. all the favorites in their wheel, final climb, Lippert, she's going to attack every time, first mover, first mover disadvantage, one would say. And then Marcus closed it down, and Yuvi Domin and Kapeki, Mormon Volering, or on the wheels. Kapeki's done nothing this race except get some, put a jacket to the car. Volering's not done too much <laughs> either. And Paladin's brought back. 
Lippert goes again. She gets decent separation because she is a very, very strong rider. And then they get over the top. I was waiting for the Nuvidoma nuclear counter. They all stop. They see Kopecky in the wheel. Ah, uh, well, that, this isn't good. Bollering comes back, other <laughs> side of the road. Five hard pedal strokes, and she's gone. And that's the race. Perfect strategy from SD Works. To yep. don't wait for the sprint. Use the threat of Kopecky's sprint to nullify the other riders. Keep Volering and Kopecky pretty well protected. And then Volering launches Cavalli style and win the race. Exactly. It's, it's a scenario where the second they cross the top of the Kalberg, you know SD Works has a very likely chance to win the race because if they're there with two, and especially with a Kopecky with a sprint. And even next to that, Volering was probably the fastest in that group in the first place because Persico was not in that group. She was hanging a bit further behind. So on paper, if they rode to the line, they would have won this race anyway. But the best way of winning, the most certain way of winning is going to the line alone. And Volring did the perfect attack there. And she, she like spoken into her microphone for a second there before she made the move and then goes on that side of the road. And at first I was like, this doesn't seem like the fastest attack, but it doesn't need to be a fast attack because you need a tiny gap only for a leopard in second position to be on a tiny gap. And, and then, oh, I can't really close it easily because... If I close it, then I'm going to waste all my chances of winning the sprint in the first place. And then she oh, looks and behind she's just and attacked the whole cowberg. Yeah, exactly. And she looks behind and she sees Niviadoma in the wheel, who who then doesn't take over. And then after five seconds does take over, but by then it's too late. And especially yeah. when you then see the, the shot behind, where Volring is basically on the back of a motorbike. <laughs> where like it wouldn't have mattered, I think, for the outcome of nah. the race, but it's very demoralizing for a group two. Yeah. It, it's just perfect from SD Works. They made the Kopecky Volering combo work really well today, so credit to them. They weren't put under too much pressure by a large breakaway or gr a dangerous group of four or five. It's always ones and twos, which are in the end easy to manage on a cold and wet day. I was surprised to see, you know, you think with AVV attacking the 37Ks to go fast forward two hours, a pelt on that big coming into the base of the Kalberg is pretty surprising, actually that, you know, the other teams didn't, didn't make it a little bit more aggressive. And, yeah, when, if you go back and look at the Carberg, one thing to look at I really want to know is Voss is dropped. Marcus is in a group of four, and I don't think both ESD works are there right at the top of the Carberg. Marcus is nose-breathing, gets into the radio, and is clearly saying... I reckon, what do I do? And Voss is like 30 seconds behind. Instead of, she's not going to win a sprint. Instead of attacking Cavalli style, and that moment, it passes, Volering attacks, races over, even though she... And yeah, it's... It is tough. Once you get into that phase at the base of the Cowberg and they're all together, it's virtually impossible to beat SD Works, to be honest. Um, they have two of the strongest riders. One's got the best sprint. You're not yep. going to drop them easily. It's sort of before then where you need to change the race a little bit. But the top 10, Volering wins ahead of her teammate, Kopecky, winning the sprint behind for second. Van Anroy, a nice podium third. Naviodoma, fourth. Paladin, fifth. Brown ends up finishing sixth because the group three came back to group two, which was stopped. And I think Brown and Georgie were in that group. Georgie finishes seventh. Mulman, eighth. Persko, ninth. Ludwig, 10th, Labu had been active or at the front for a lot of the Kalbergs, but then she ended up in way back, finishing 18th. Lippert, 
Libet finished 15th, Benji. Yep. After all that, um, Van Vleuten finished ahead of her. So Shocking, huh? Yeah. It's surprising. Um, but it seems to happen. And Brown, to sixth, her is, is kind of crazy, eh? Yeah. Knowing that she was with Paladin before, and Paladin also fifth. Like, fifth, yeah. That move actually <laughs> got them into a position where people bridged to them, and they were able to stick on to that group. And maybe they, therefore, they did a slower Kaubeck than the rest, obviously, because yeah. they were already ahead. And that, that anticipation put them in a position where they could secure this top six position, both of them. And Kenyon Schramm once again with a fourth and a fifth place. And that's going to keep on happening, I fear, as well, because their riders are good for these moves, for like these rolling attacks and so forth. But if we do have to be honest, these rolling attacks don't often lead to a victory, do they? Oh, because first of all, the other teams like a UAE will help chase, chase it yep. down. Second of all, except for the Brown exception, like Faulkner needs to bring a friend, you know, or have other Jayco riders attacking. <laughs> they need to be yep. going with other riders. It's like uh, Omlope. Dylan Van Bala didn't go solo immediately. He brought Milan. He brought, brought Florian Vermeersch and um, young talented French rider on Arkea Samzik, whose name escapes me right now. So he brought four and then eventually one, two, three, Lebert. Luke says Lebert, the beer man. Um, the beer race, Amstel Gold race. So other teams need to be like, oh, Canyon Shram are up for it? Yeah. Let's join in. Let's put some real pressure on. Let's send Florcia Mackay if she could go. Or Lippert. I would argue Lippert should be moving with, if Nivea Dome is moving, why isn't Lippert moving at the same phase? It's a higher risk strategy, but she ends 17th anyway, playing it straight up conventionally. Yep. So I think teams just got to, when the strength discrepancy between SD Works and the rest, which is unfortunate because when Vibas is riding like this, it's crazy. Like she was so good as a pure sprinter last year, but you got to try something a little bit different. That being said, easier said than done. Any young riders uh, impress you here? Benji, the, the top 10 is pretty well-known names. Van Enroy just continues to impress, and she's she's a superstar in the making, I think. 20th place, I would argue, because uh, 20th place is Manche Hurts, 19-year-old on Lotto Destiny, okay. but that's also kind of like the, the only rider that immediately pops up next to Ricarda Barnfind in, in 21st position, but that we kind of expected at this point. She did some work for Canyon Shram during this race as well, closing moves here and there, but She's also super young, 23, and has proven a lot last year, I think, in the in the generation team where she won like left and right and got podiums left and right. Half, I swear half her results last year were podiums, if I recall correctly, in U23 races. But that Manji Hurst rider looks to be uh, pretty damn strong. And I, I recall she was dropping at some point, but she clearly finished pretty strong, 20 in the group of Labu and so forth. But outside of that, the names that we see in that top 27 28 are really the names you'd expect, I think. Yeah, Cavalli was a DNF, which is something to note. She obviously won this race and flesh in a matter of four days last year. She's still coming back from injury. She was pretty good at Binder. She was 25th at Brabant. I don't know what happened today. It was a little bit miserable, the conditions, but hopefully she's back in fighting form for flesh. 
We'll have the Liège Bastogne Liège men and women's preview obviously next week, probably after Liège. Uh, Thursday morning it will drop. But for Flesh Benji, who do you like? Because Cavalli obviously won last year, and then before that it was Van der Breggen for <laughs> seven years in a row. And Cavalli doesn't look too crash hot. So who do we like for it? I think Volring is definitely going to be high up. I think top three is a must for Demi Volring in this race. Like last year, we had a long phase in the race where it was a group that was ahead, and I think FDG was the one trying to solve that with Brody Chapman from the peloton. Is there an opportunity to go earlier in Fleshwell on this year? And I do believe that that might be possible, but I feel like it depends on what teams are in there and how they act, because today they clearly acted counterintuitive against other teams that also want to block SD works from winning the race. And if all those kind of riders in a group together with Amisha Bredewald and so forth, then that group could make it in the same way that in Roubaix uh, it worked out for the Femke Marcus group. And that scenario I do see happening, but if we go straight to La Flèche Wallon, to the Mudehui straight, then we're looking at similar riders as always, which is uh, Volring, which is, I think, Lippert for that climb. I think that fits her better. Um, because Van it's just straight to the top. Last year. Yes, but Van Vleuten is not at the level she was last year based on what I saw today, you in my opinion. Her. I dare you to tell her. Tell her in the face? You I'm reckon Movistar will tell her? I don't care what they tell her. It? I can say it. Like, no, no, but I'm saying the reality is I don't think she'll I don't think they'll. It. I don't think so either, but it might not be necessary either. I was a bit disappointed True. by Sierra today because she dropped really early in the race. Yeah. Nivea Dima, big chance. Hopefully she's in good shape. <clears throat> uh, Van Anroy came like 12th last year and she's improved since then yep. and she's going to be the leader instead of Elisa Longaborghini, who she probably was doing a little bit of work for last year. So maybe she can pull out a big upset. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's... Who do I like? Millman came fourth last year, but she was 17 seconds down, but she's freed from the SD work shackles. I'm going to go Millman for a surprise podium. Winner, I really don't yep. know. Hopefully it's an upset, uh, but Vollering is looking, looking... I don't know. I don't think Vollering's looking overwhelmingly dominant on the yep. climbs themselves. So who knows? But Flesh, that'll be one to watch before Liège uh, next Sunday, but we're going to go knuckle down watch the men's race now which has got a couple of hours left and then we'll be streaming and recording the recap of that straight afterwards but thanks for joining us for the women's recap until then ciao mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 